0: Like, welcome to the Raleigh Bitcoin meetup. We're still gathering here. So, I'm just going to, when I edit this, I'm just going to cut to the first cool topic that we talk about.
1: So, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast beginning. This is the beginning of the podcast. So, we can
2: start the podcast now. <laughs> All right.
0: I, I got a question to start. Uh, Guy, what was the result of you asking everyone where was the best place to buy Bitcoin right now?
1: Most people said Coinbase Pro. Really? I asked a lot of people and everybody was like, yeah, I use Coinbase Pro. Um, Anybody else say on the corner? I guess. (laughs) By Leroy on the corner? No, that was only you. That was only you. Um, uh, I did get a few, like I see like with Cash App, um and maybe it's just like the convenience, but like I don't care about the fees um well to 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 what to a degree obviously it's because it's a relatively small fee if you buy, if you're buying like over a hundred dollars or whatever, this fee is pretty small relatively speaking um but I just don't wanna use coinbase man like they've been such a like the number of times they've been like a real nuisance. I mean, what was it? Wait, did they finally, they finally did. That's right. It's like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something stupid like that. They finally put in batching. Yeah,
3: it was right when this uh, virus stuff happened.
1: Batching like, holy shit. Like how long are you going to take to, I just, I don't know. I just can't handle that company. Anymore. Um and you think that
2: there was a business decision behind them not doing batching for so long? Because I think it was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not no batching, no segwit, because we are selling all coins. Like without question, that was part of their decision. Um, and whether they admitted it to themselves or not, they probably admitted it to themselves. They probably that was probably a conversation in one of their meetings. Um, but Uh, regardless like I just like I'll take like cash app like whatever their fees like they're working with lightning they are they, they clearly have this from the position of like let's invest in bitcoin and holy crap it's so convenient like like if I actually want to live off of bitcoin then cash app goes like I've got a debit card you know what I mean like so and uh a shift was kind of a nightmare until they they stopped that um and uh that charged me like a monthly thing, uh, which I think i I think I ended up having like a zero balance and then they canceled it or something like that. i don't I don't I don't know what' all happened with the coinbase thing. I just remember I used to use it and it all fell apart um, but uh but yeah, um I was surprised by the number of people who use Coinbase pro, but it was cash app, uh bisque. Uh, and who else? I asked. Uh, I think that th- those were the main ones. I was surprised by g- the number of people who actually responded with bisque, though, because I asked in like a, I think four or five different groups, um, and I did get bisque, at least a mention of bisque.
0: Did you get any Gemini or Kraken?
1: Uh, I got a Gemini. I don't think I got a single Kraken, which surprises me. Um, I but I did get Gemini. Okay
3: I wonder if Jim and I only have the uh, option for u s customers they have to, you have to wire money, so there's no getting around the thirty dollar wire transfer At least last time I look I may I may have come to that conclusion erroneously, but I thought that was that was the reason why I didn't use it.
1: dude, I was excited about Jim and I I was like I was kind of like I was happy that there's an alternative to coinbase and I liked their um like once a day like uh what 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 was their what was their thing where they have like a daily price or whatnot i can't i can't remember exactly what, what what it was um but it was basically like a little bit of a price leveler so that there'd be a perceived less volatility but i could never get identified for their platform they had so many requirements that i just couldn't even prove it like the power bill I think the one thing that I was missing was a power bill in my name because the power bill is in my wife's name, and i that couldn't ooh I couldn't get access to the account- I couldn't get verified because I didn't mm-hmm. have like some random document that was like the third document or, and I needed i had like i had to like get my passport and some some other crap like an attempt to uh verify and I didn't have proof of my res residence somehow I was like, that a whatever I got verified
0: by Gemini pretty early and uh, I still use them pretty frequently. They don't, I don't do the wire. I do ACH to Gemini and I, they don't have the best rates or fees, but in my experience, they have the fastest ACH. Like I can, if I have like $5,000 in my bank account, I can, and I want, uh, I want Bitcoin on like my Trezor as fast as possible. I'm gonna use Gemini for that. I feel like they're like the fastest for doing that.
1: Oh crap and coin packets. What's up, guys? What up?
0: Yeah. We're just talking about places to buy Bitcoin, but I'm happy to transition yeah. to a, a topic that makes people more angry if Dude, know. I'm straight up
1: I'm straight up gonna be using the hell out of Swan Bitcoin The Um I'll do like their prepaid fee to like get a lower fee and uh like i mean they're supporting the podcast but that's not why i'm using them and they're not giving me like a discount or anything um but but holy crap like like i've been wanting dca is hard to find like just just do like an auto buy like outside of coinbase which again like i left them like two years ago it's kind of the big block a whole big block fiasco and segway 2x that i was like i left those mofos behind um i can't believe swans? somebody hasn't done that yet i cannot believe somebody hasn't done that yet what are swans fees um if it's like over like 20 bucks or 25 bucks it's like 1.2 or something like that I, I don't know and you can like prepay for the year and it's like 15 bucks or something depending on depending on the amount, you know like you you prepay and you get like .1 or 2% less than their weekly fee if you pay the fee every week but you can get it down to .99% if you're like over 50 bucks i think like that um but yeah it's like it's like as low as or lower than pretty much anything i've used before um so it it doesn't get simpler than that too. Like like Cash App, like that's the one thing that I've always kind of hated about Cash App is that I couldn't just be like, just give me ten dollars. Let's give me like ten dollars every day, and then like I'll I'll fight with myself to not go get a coffee at Starbucks. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Cash App might have it too soon. Um, which if that happens, the they'll have to run for they'll have their run for their money. Don't tell don't tell Swan I said that, but. <laughs>
0: so i was kind of kidding when i said i buy mine on the corner but there is something in me that really wishes uh most buying and selling of bitcoin happen person to person you know like that would be cool i know this social distancing isn't helping any of this but (laughs) it's like the more centralized the buying and selling becomes the easier it is to shut down but i don't know what to do in order to, I mean, there's local Bitcoins, there's taxable. I mean, now it's like the worst time ever to try to encourage that kind of behavior. So I don't I don't know what the solution is. Do you, do you guys ever think about very creative ways of Bitcoin exchanging, like exchanging private keys or Open Dime or, you know what I mean? Like a, a Bitcoin exchange where it's just somehow exchanging the private key. I know you can't really do that. You can't really trust that the other person, you know, didn't make a copy of it, but any of you guys ever think Isn't about that? Is that no, yeah, I you know think what state chains time. are?
1: Is you know what state yeah. chains are? Yeah.
0: Somebody want to explain that? State,
1: uh, state, chains, uh, state chains are essentially you're 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 sort of getting like a third party involved um but uh, essentially what's happening is it's you're you're doing a multi sig uh time lock uh shockingly similar to lightning except it's with the exact same you're using the same key um and you have maybe like a custodian or a group of custodians so let's say let's use kind of like liquid as an example there's like forty three participants in liquid now um And what you would do is you would make a UTXO that's like 0.1 Bitcoin. And then another one that was like 0.01 Bitcoin. And then another one is a 0.05 Bitcoin. And it's kind of like denominations, like coins. Like you can kind of, that's kind of how I thought about it is like, uh, like you actually have like set denominations and then you can actually transfer that same key to a new person, similar to how you update a lightning state and you have the group of uh, uh, other companies like that are part of this uh, signature update with you and they basically um, uh, protect it from going backwards in time. So uh, you're, you're handing the key over to another person with a time lock that says this new key is uh, the uh, correct one and if somebody tries to publish the last key, this new key is the one that's correct. Uh, however, very very similar to a state of a lightning channel, um, except that you're relying on all those institutions involved in maintaining the state chain, Liquid being this example, you got like 43 companies or whatever, right. to uh, not coerce that transaction, to not all agree that we should reverse back in time and give it to somebody else. Okay. Yeah. So there's obviously a trade-off there, but um, one of the interesting aspects of that is that you could literally create like Bitcoin bills in the digital space. Is that You could create like one Bitcoin, 0.5 Bitcoin, 0.25 Bitcoin, 0.1 Bitcoin, and then you could literally have a wallet that handled them all like bills and quarters and dimes and nickels and change. And when you wanted to transfer a Bitcoin to somebody it would happen completely offline it would have or excuse me it would happen completely off the blockchain and you would just send exact change you would send one full bitcoin utxo you'd send a 0.1 bitcoin utxo and then you'd send a 0.0001 to get the exact amount that you needed um which is a really crazy idea even though it, there is that kind of like um half like federated custodian trade-off uh, what you can actually use a UTXO for is just a really kind of interesting idea um, so yeah it's it's fascinating but it does you know it's, it's got its downsides
0: I feel like all second layer solutions have downsides
1: yeah, yeah I, don't
0: love, I don't know I feel weird saying this I mean I, I love lightning I think it's great but I think it'll always be one of many second layer solutions. I don't I can't see it oh, like yeah. taking over and being like ninety-nine percent of second layer solutions. Am I gonna get hated on for saying that?
4: You probably will, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see though I don't I didn't even want like it to, but I just have to be honest. I just don't see it happening.
1: I, I totally agree. I actually think lightning's gonna end up being um almost a settlement layer like i think i think lightning's gonna end up as we get all the kind of kinks worked out of it and it becomes more secure and easier to um basically open a channel with very very little risk i don't i I see it i would see it weird if we didn't see like 10 million dollar channels 50 million dollar channels particularly between businesses and In the end, I think like retail payments will be a small percentage of what's actually moving around. I I see it more likely that we'll have Apple and Corning, you know, writing a contract with each other for, you know, how much glass Corning is going to make for how many iPhones. And then they open a hundred million dollar lightning channel and do business for the next 10 years and loop in and loop out whenever they need to like move funds. Like I, I literally see it as like more an infrastructure layer and then how the user interacts with it is probably going to be something like strike. It's probably going to be something custodial that just works in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Uh, and that will probably be 80 to 90% of it. And then probably lightning will be 40 to 50% of the traffic, just like, you know, uh, TCP IP. And then you've got FTP and then you've got SMTP. You just got a bunch of different protocols on top of this underlying consensus mechanism as to who owns what. Um, but I think they, fees are gonna go up on Lightning and I think Lightning is gonna be one of those things that's too valuable to use for tiny, tiny payments again. They're gonna have the same problem.
4: Yeah, I mean, for payments, Lightning is, um, is really good. I mean, yeah. it, obviously it has its trade-offs, but um, yeah, for a payments type of mechanism for, for Bitcoin, it's, it's pretty solid. So, and I, and I hope there's competition that comes in, you know, on that, on that, on, on the payment side, but I mean, layer two, you know, options for Bitcoin. I mean, are we only just re, uh, relegated to payments? Like, are there any other services that we need for Bitcoin that could be moved on to layer two?
1: What's bootstrap? Think about lightning. You've had the most direct experience with it, probably.
5: I I kind of agree in general with the, like, I I think micropayments will eventually move up to, like, a layer three.
1: Yeah.
5: But I think I see, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it depends on the timeline you're talking, right? I mean, if Bitcoin is worth, like, quadrillions, then that maybe I could see, like, 100 million channel, 100 million dollar channels, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh. But I, I think it'll settle somewhere in like a like a like not micro payments, but like not like too big, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
5: maybe maybe like a car status. You buy a car. <laughs> Even that's to me it sounds too yeah. big, you know? Yeah. Like I think the I don't know. But I think it'll be I mean it's an interesting theory to think about if it'll like use between business to business. I mean maybe one day but I think for the foreseeable future that'll definitely be big on chain.
1: Yeah, I think that's I, I think what like I suggested is a long ways out. I yeah. think we'll have an entire era of retail payments on lightning before we reach that point, but then people will start to have to adjust and there will have to be a new layer to really kind of keep that the I think we'll have the same problem basically is that everybody was trying to get all these merchants on board with Bitcoin and we'll do all these on chain transactions. And then suddenly it started getting expensive and people realized that, okay, well, it's actually kind of slow if there's a lot of traffic and we're bloated and all this stuff. I kind of, I mean, maybe not. Maybe Lightning ends up being versatile enough and, you know, with L2 and L2 and channel factories and stuff that it actually kind of works itself out just in the speed that it can add new features and add new avenues but i'm inclined to think we might end up in kind of the same situation in like five or seven years where we're kind of arguing about the fact that fees are too high on lightning and we kind of need this layer three and everybody's like oh well layer three is beta and it's never gonna work and i I kind of feel like we're gonna have the same shit all over again
5: it could could be and and also it might be b2b stuff just because b2c doesn't really get any traction
1: true that's, like yeah
5: like lighting in consumers hand doesn't really make that many moves you know yeah and so it does become used by businesses just to like yeah like maybe settlement or something like you were mm-hmm. saying across their own little networks
1: i have but, hope that the that the general consumer could actually start using a lightning, but kind of the reason why I, I suspect it might end up being business to business is, what's a good analogy here? Um, k- kind of like how the infrastructure, well, yeah, it, it's kind of the infrastructure inversion is that payment networks will start using Lightning and Bitcoin um, and I, I strike really is a huge step i think in that direction that has me really hopeful that that could be the way things move is that people end up using dollars but strike is sending people bitcoin and receiving bitcoin over lightning but strike is managing the channels strike is managing the network and the node and all that stuff and I find it harder for the normie, unless they really go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, to go on an app that uses a new currency and then use an app that uses a new payment system. But if they go on an app that uses the same currency they had as their cash app, and it just allows them to pay a Bitcoin QR, that's a little bit different. That's a lot different actually, you know? Um, And it's a much easier user experience to onboard, so.
5: I'm excited right. for Strike. I mean, yeah, me Fiat to Bitcoin is cool, but Fiat to Lightning is like a thousand times better experience. Yeah. You can yeah. use it. Like, it's a lot easier to use. And it, I think it's like, it makes a lot more sense to, it will make a lot more sense to the user. But we'll see. I mean, I'm excited for that to like, you know, get out there, get some traction and see if like, people use it if it works right if the like fiat relationships actually hold up you know (laughs) their banks don't shut them down or there's not like chargebacks like all that like like fraud like all the usual problems you have with the fiat on-ramp stuff like i wonder like i don't know Uh, and yeah
1: i I say i say it like would work or whatever but um it's funny like i'm like I have the one bank that doesn't work with strike right now um, with plaid uh, which is what they're using at the moment um, because I'm I got PNC and they'd like changed their API sometime recently and like now nothing mm-hmm. integrates it with it and they just keep giving <laughs> me the runaround like they just like I've called them a couple times and they just keep telling me it's like yes we're aware of the problem and yes we could fix it and no we don't have an ETA. Wait but who said that plaid? PNC. No PNC. Oh, PNC. Yeah, I mean Plaid. <laughs> Plaid sent me a message back. Says, "Yeah, we can't do anything until PNC fixes fixes it." Um,
5: Has it? Have you got? So you haven't got it to work yet.
1: Uh, well, no, I I, I, I did get it to work, but only because they recently implemented receive by Lightning. So I have a bunch of Lightning wallets. So I just sent money to it over Lightning, and like Uh-oh. funded it that way, and then started playing around with it. So, the only way that I can interact with Strike is with Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> the but dollar, dollar side doesn't work at all. Oh, but I okay. get dollars J- in the account. So,
5: JC said he was trying it, but he also couldn't get his bank shit figured out. I want to see if I want to see like the feedback of like, you know, literally paying like a dollar. Yeah. And, and like paying an invoice with the fiat, basically.
0: Is the idea that you have to, I mean, for the regular usage that you fund your strike wallet with like a dollar or $5 and USD. And then after that you can make uh micro payments with lightning. I mean, there couldn't be, yeah couldn't be like I make a micropayment and it extracts that amount from my bank account. So it's gotta be like some initial whole dollar funding amount. Right. It's like cash app
1: for lightning integration. So I fund it with twenty dollars, and then I can send you five. Yeah. Same way. Same way with Strike. I fund it with twenty dollars, and then I can send micro payments over Lightning to Lightnight, or you know, gambling <clears away throat> on Lightning Network stores or whatever. But
5: some of the, I think you can also do like if you're maybe there's like a price limit or like a floor, but it'll pull straight from your bank account. Like it'll do an ACH to pay for something. I have, obviously not a small amount but i think it's supposed to do it for
0: a big amount
1: yeah i haven't i haven't specifically done that but yeah um, I, well that would be the dream might be right that. that's yeah yeah
0: but i think but I, if you're gonna do that then it then it's weird why would you even convert to lightning in the first place like i mean the business on the other end is going to probably need to sell that bitcoin to pay their bills anyway i don't know maybe that gets into a different topic i just i just see it being really useful for micropayments. payments I, I struggle to see it being really useful for whole dollar amount payments yeah.
1: well i think the the idea is that like there's going to be novel services and you know games or something things that literally are only possible because of the nature of bitcoin
0: and stuff yeah
1: so if someone wants to get involved in that actually wants to participate then all they have to do is get strike fund some dollars and now they get to play with this thing that simply isn't available somewhere else um and like that's kind of the key is that it's allowing them to interact with lightning not necessarily having it's those businesses will already be lightning specific, but suddenly they'll have fiat customers without having to change anything.
0: This seems really potentially illegal for a company uh. in a different country that is just receiving sats and just shipping products to the US. I could see like the government not liking this at all.
4: Well, he, uh, a sanctioned country or something. Yeah. Yeah. well
0: i mean just any i mean government wants to know about any payments going overseas right
1: i don't know yeah as soon as it goes over lightning uh that that's that's kind of the problem too is that with like Mallers actually said on like a couple of podcasts is that they um they don't know where the payment is going and they can't really prove like what the payment is going to either um uh, to some degree everybody has the
0: oh, man. It,
1: it's a public key right um but that uh, in doing so they are taking the risk not the customer um
0: bowers is going to be the new ross olbrick <laughs> he's going to fund oh, something no. that he had no idea about oh no <laughs>
4: um well, the thing yeah, is, don't even wish like, that on somebody, man. That's, <laughs> that's <not> seriously. <laughs> seriously.
1: That's, I hope that doesn't happen. That's morbid.
0: <laughs> um, but uh, that
1: like, I mean, that's how I intend to, particularly if like the fees are low enough. Um, which right now the bank transfer fees I think are free. Um, like it just takes longer. Um, but I could be wrong again. It was because it was a 3.9% fee on the debit card, uh, which debit card fees are always huge. Um, But the other one I think was a zero dollar fee. Actually, I think I can I can bring it out right now. Um, But uh, if I get that working, is that that's how I would just buy Bitcoin? Like I would just be funding my spending wallets anyway, probably like generally. And if not, I would just loop out when I was you know stacked on a wallet. So it'd be like Swan, Bitcoin, and Strike because I want ready-to-go lightning balance and I want kind of like my, like don't have to worry about its savings. What do you think about that DCA to lightning? Like dollar cost averaging straight to lightning or skipping Bitcoin? Like do
5: you think that's like cool or not cool?
1: Yeah, dude, I'd love that. Yeah,
5: you know, as opposed to just popping it in a, you know, a Bitcoin wallet where it's
1: like, you know, more holding. you know? Well, it would be specifically like what I was trying to use it for. Like I have literally whole wallets that like are just straight savings. And then I just have like my crap that I'm just playing around with and I'm moving stuff all the time. Like I just moved everything, I just emptied my casa and um, closed a whole bunch of channels, even though I still have some issues with that. Um, but moved most of everything over to A and set God, that was that was bad. This is the end of an era, man. I was really excited about that. And they were just like, man, this is not gonna work. I kind of get it from their position, but then it's like like now I gotta like move all my stuff over. But anyway. Um,
0: I just so I just had an idea. Well if I wanted to go the route from my bank account through Strike, you're gonna eventually end up to real on chain Bitcoin. Are you going are you showing me the answer right now?
1: Uh, no, I was just going to okay. show you that there is no fee for bank transfer right now. Oh, I'm sure like- I can't attach PNC to it. Um, and uh, okay. uh, when I can though, well, it, it might not be PNC. Um, I'm planning on setting up a new bank uh, because this is like the third time I've run into this problem and PNC won't fix nothing. So uh, I'm about to leave PNC. Uh, but when I set up a new bank, and if there's no transfer fee for that, then heck yeah. If I'm funding a spending wallet, like if I'm funding my lightning play, like I'll definitely use strike.
0: Yeah. Um, I get that for sure. But is this all, could this also be a non KYC way of getting a buying Bitcoin? I mean, obviously you'd have to connect your bank account. So there'd be some KYC there, but is, is it there a way to get, to get bitcoin from my strike wallet to my trezor mm-hmm.
1: there yeah. how would you do that you would just loop i mean you just do like a. I mean, you would just send it to a lightning wallet to begin with um and, or you could send it to a loop transaction if you were doing enough uh but yeah i mean that's i mean he talks about that in like a couple of his interviews too is that like right. you could be paying for a product you could be sending a tip to somebody, or you could just be sending lightning to yourself. It's it's kind of arbitrary to them. It's just that Loop is like a dollars. third party service, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So it is a non KYC Bitcoin on ramp right
1: now. Uh, no, Loop is atomic swaps, right? But who does who do you do it with? Uh, just just whoever well, I think right now it's kind of like uh it's kind of like CoinJoin, like you can provide right, but people. like a
5: th- right, but it's still like a. So you have to do it like somebody has to be like providing
1: the yes 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 somebody has to provide liquidity to the loop. But right now it's just been kind of offered. It's just kind of available. So sure sure, I'm sure somebody. But there are funds.
5: (laughs) But it's hard. But you can only do so much. I think that's the big problem with the loop. It's like like there's not a lot of liquidity. Like you couldn't just like loop like you know billions of dollars point point, point one <laughs> bitcoin not even like point one like dude i think a lot of them are just like capped at like point zero 0.04 bitcoin or something like per loop well
1: you could uh you could just splice out in that case oh well i mean splice out is not like available in D yet but as far as like the idea of the protocol you could splice out in the content the basically achieve the same thing without the uh service right but yeah, you could acquire Bitcoin that way.
0: I have a I have a potential topic changer, but if you guys don't want to change topic, that's fine. Um, I was wondering. Uh, I don't think like Bitcoin transaction fees have been very high lately. I feel like the mempool has been pretty quiet, like for the past year or so. And I'm sort of want shit to hit the fan. Is anybody else wondering? Kind of want. The mempool to fill up fast again, and just to see what happens with lightning, just to see how the community reacts.
4: What's what's the game theory behind that?
0: Mempool <laughs> will be fucked. Lightning will be fucked, dude. You think lightning would be fucked?
5: I mean, it would just be like the people who have uh, channels now would just would probably be able to just like jack up their fees and
0: like it would just be so hard to make new channels, you know. I would love this. I would just love that.
1: <laughs> I would just love to see it <laughs> from an adversarial <laughs> standpoint like I, I i feel the same way is it like i would like to see how we would be forced to respond to it yeah um everyone's because,
0: like oh we we can handle a bunch of bitcoin transactions now we got lightning now
1: well let, let's see
0: let's, let's see what prove it.
5: yeah but but i feel like it wouldn't like it's not like more people would all of a sudden use lightning i don't think you know like I think Lightning could handle a lot more yeah. volume, but it's not like if Bitcoin mempool filled up, I don't know if there would be like a shit ton of people all of a sudden using Lightning. You know?
0: I guess it'd be like it'd be like said, depending on the time frame we're talking about, like if it stayed full for like a month, then maybe.
5: Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Like increased usage on-chain usage on- doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be like... Yeah. Doesn't so I mean people are just moved to Lightning, you know? Maybe they would.
0: I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm just. I just want to see the experiment played out. I'm. I'm bored.
4: Are you <laughs> saying like you want to see Lightning being overloaded with users and I how they see, I handle wanna,
0: it? Yeah, I want to see the main chain fill up again, just like it did. You know, with you know, people may or may not have been filling up the mempool on purpose back two years ago. Yeah. Put it filled up, and people freaked out. And I wanted to fill up again. I want to see what people do now.
1: Hmm. I think it'd be fun to see. Well, it has to happen sooner or later. Like yeah. it's like it's an in- inevitable end to this. Is that we have full blocks, high fees, like consistently. Like yeah. that's the only way that any of the value proposition and the security of this thing actually works going forward. So why not? Like, why not stress test this thing about 10 times before we get there? Mm -hmm. Um, And also kind of prove the use case of Lightning, even if it, like, becomes, like, a huge problem for onboarding in the meantime, is that when only the Lightning network can basically, like, make normal size transactions, can make, like, small transactions, well, then, you know, like, all the more reason to establish yourself before the next time that's a problem you know the next storm comes through and the bitcoin transaction weather
4: <laughs> yeah
1: so i mean what would be the estimated <clears throat> severity
4: for lightning like I'm, I'm trying to understand like what would what would be impacted like what are we guessing would be
1: impacted if this happened on lightning we
4: just onboarding yeah like people well, just opening and closing channels couldn't
1: open channels like it'd just be really expensive well, to do so but I think the minimum amount you could send would start changing because
5: you have to hold a certain amount of reserve in the channel to be able to close it. Mm. So it would kind of fuck up micropayments pretty hard actually.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. That's something. Uh, uh, who was it recently? Peter I Risen I was pitching about, about that. that a while ago. Yeah. Who Pete, was? Yeah. Peter yeah. Risen, oh, which yeah. is
5: like, it was valid. Yeah. no it makes sense but if
1: you've got a youtube if you're holding an htlc that's below the dust limit or you know you've you've not got enough fee to handle the channel closure left over in reserve in your channel you know you're you're essentially hoping that the other person doesn't call you out on that like in your in your channel
5: all your channels are underwater no big deal
0: (laughs) You know what it might happen is if the mempool filled up, it might uh, put some pressure on the exchanges to do their withdrawals and deposits in a lightning or liquid way with the individual users. Didn't that start to get going, but didn't really keep going? You know what I'm talking about?
4: No, like no <laughs> like,
0: so that, like, no so average user like uh deposits and withdraws from an exchange from binance or whatever using a on chain bitcoin transaction um, but I could see a future where the bitmex trading bros, you know they were doing all of their stuff in lightning just or liquid, they were just depositing and withdrawing, you know they were fucking people over, they were you know doing their shorts on Bitmax and then trying to move their money over to some exchange to try to drop the price. And they would do all that manipulation on some kind of like liquid or lightning withdrawal thing instead of a, a Bitcoin transaction. Mm.
1: No, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I think Mallers in one of the interviews actually said that he was already, uh, people were already contacting him about having like really, really big channels so that they could move like a million dollars between like exchanges and stuff. He said like those conversations are absolutely happening. Uh, And it's possible that there's already a lot of those uh, private channels because specifically they don't, they don't want to broadcast and they don't want a whole bunch of like normie people, you know, buying light night swords or something like that crowding out their channel. So they want a private channel that they control and it allows them to move uh, money between Binance and Kraken in two seconds. And uh, they don't want to tell anybody about it yeah. and they can do that. It's it's We're getting to the point where that's probably going to happen. And that may very well be one of the first major use cases of lightning is just arbitrage between exchanges and stuff. Like might turn Does out retail so payments and yeah, it might turn out that retail payments and, Micro payments are just kind of like this fun sales thing for something that's just unbelievably valuable because it's private and it can move money instantly.
4: I'm all for it. I mean, this is like this is what we talk about when we say, you know, building infrastructure around Bitcoin.
1: I mean, this is it.
4: And if people get burned, I mean, they can't blame Bitcoin for it. It's just like you go on the internet and uh, you know you're doing some social, um, I guess some some dating on the internet. You get catfished. Can't blame the internet for getting catfished. (laughs) the internet's fault, man. Yeah, just keep on building these these cool products around it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna gonna throw out my router because uh, you know (laughs) got catfished. Yeah, keep building. That's an awesome idea. I mean, all these use cases like people need to come up with it with these use cases and build them. Just build them out. Try it, test it. I mean, Bitcoin technically
1: has a strong core to handle it so keep going dude like like the way like my perspective on it is that and no matter what its highest value use case is going to push out those lower value use cases like right now i love lightning personally like i like it for payments i like it to tinker with stuff i like it that like i can use a light night i can tip on tipping and i'm constantly shocked at how many transactions I can do without ever hitting the blockchain. Like I withdraw, whenever my Breeze wallet is low, I withdraw from Tippin, then I withdraw from my SATs back on Fold. I I withdraw from OpenNode because, or, or my BTC pay server because like four people or, or lnpay.co because four people bought my calendar on the website you know like i just like aggregate all my stuff over lightning and refill my breeze while my breeze while is full and i start buying fold crap again um like I, I do this all the time now and i love it and it works great for that but if something vastly more valuable if this becomes a, a payments infrastructure between Visa, Apple, Google, Amazon, and everybody in between—everybody who's got more than two thousand dollars in daily business—like all the way up the tree—and this becomes the internet flipping AT&T's infrastructure. I'm not really gonna be sad. Like, if it's more valuable for that, then that's what it should be used for. Like, we just need to build a new layer or a new solution around bringing back retail payments, and they will. They will. It yeah. Just, it's more I feel like the market's gonna
5: to... dictate, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like, if micro are so, if like micro payments are taken off, and like everybody's using it, then like Lightning will stay for micro or Layer Three will come that also that, that facilitates like that micro payments, right? Mm-hmm. I do feel like now it's like the tech first and not the business use case first, and that's where Lightning is still trying to. It's like a solution to. I don't know. It's, it's like new territory, right? Don't know. Nobody knows if micropayments are going to work or like for business
1: models. There's like an inherent problem of like, are micropayments viable because like what's the cost to make sure one person owns this amount that's not really enough to even charge a fee on. Like, you know, inherently micropayments are those payments which are so low in value that it doesn't really matter if it broke. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what's the, what's the cost of securing the fact that I definitely, without a doubt, own this one, one thousandth of a cent, you know, like, is that really that important? I don't know. Like I don't pick up pennies sometimes. Like, you know, like that's a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just like, man, eh, that looks dirty. Yeah. Okay.
5: <laughs> well, I don't think there's been like very many good micro payment, like stuff that's like taking off. Like even my shit, the paywall stuff, like I'm kind of bearish on paywalls to be honest. Yeah. It's like, really. yeah, I don't, I haven't been able to, well, I haven't been able to get it to work right. You know? side like basically for the business side to actually make any money yeah like i think a lot of users like the idea but for businesses i just don't think it's really that it's a lot harder you know to do and i think that i'm i'm starting to realize i think a lot of content creators and businesses also realize that like appealing to the masses is like not the way to run a business right you go for the fat tail and you just try and milk the people who really want your product the most and so like spray and pray micropayments don't really fit into that you know like if you're writing content you want the people who want really want your content to like pay you like more than micropayments you know not try and get like a cent from like a thousand people try and get like you know, hundred bucks from ten yeah. people. Yeah,
1: it kind of goes back to the whole mental transaction cost. As somebody's as soon as somebody's like just the time and inconvenience of having to like get through a paywall is generally worth more than the paywall. Like I mean <laughs> yeah, right. like I don't like I don't uh like I don't I don't use LN pay I use it as like a payment processor just because it's like a simpler thing than WooCommerce. <laughs> You know, like I use yeah. it to sell a product um, and it's like crazy fast in that. Like it just click on it, QR and done, you know, like I don't need a shopping cart. I don't need like, that's actually what I've found is most useful to me for L and pay. And the faucet thing is actually really freaking cool too. Um, But uh, uh yeah, I'm kind of, I've kind of gone back and forth about that, but I think I've landed kind of in the same area is that, the mental transaction costs of a tiny payment are higher than the value of the payment.
5: Right. It has to be like automated or something. Like yeah. you clicking yeah, a button is be- like already too much.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's super interesting. I had a uh, a thought along the way. If if binance, let's say binance um, allowed deposits via lightning invoice. Could I just use Strike to fund my Binance
1: account? So you could buy shit coins?
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> the <biggest laughs> way from getting money yeah. from my bank account to an exchange would be like Strike and a exchange that accepted Lightning deposits.
1: Yeah, like definitely. the like- next Yeah, let's say, let's say. It uh, takes Lightning. Let's say Bitfinex, just because they do take lightning. Let's say they charge a 0%. They they, they go one for one if you deposit Bitcoin. But if you uh, do a bank transfer to deposit cash, to deposit dollars, that they... um, Well, it just wouldn't make any sense to actually deposit to Bitfinex. But uh, let's say they have like 2%. Well, you could use strike at 1% and then deposit lightning to bitfinex and then you have money on bitfinex that is at a it was a 1% cost.
0: Oh, it strikes at 1%? Well,
1: it depends. It again, oh, okay. like I said right now the bank transfer is free, but I can't do it. So, I haven't confirmed that, but if I deposit lightning, I get it at a 1 to 1 like whatever the value is. Okay. Of dollars. Um so yeah, I can't like quite confirm, but uh that's what it looks like is that it's going to have like a, a really low bank transfer fee. I'm just going to start sending
0: out spam on the Bitcoin mempool. I'm just personally going to spam the mempool just because I want to see what happens. I'm going to take like, Hey, how much do you think it would cost if I wanted to, if I wanted to max out the mempool okay. or like a week, would that? Cost, are we talking about like ten thousand dollars? or Are we talking about like millions of
4: dollars? I mean, you have uh, to ask. You have to ask the uh, BSV grade. guys and the BCH guys. Yeah, they know for advice.
0: <laughs> I, I got an Excel spreadsheet right here. <laughs> I'd love to see that calculation.
1: All right, so yeah. let's let's do it real quick. We can do it real quick. So it's like two hundred and fifty bytes for. Uh, a transaction um, that's like the 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 normal transaction, and then you've got twenty sats per byte. So the normal would be five thousand sats typically, just at like current rate. And then we want to do uh, we got let's call it I don't know one point three megabytes. So one three zero zero uh, zero 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 that's bytes one three one million yes okay about by two fifty. And times twenty. So you've got one hundred million. So point zero zero one. So you've got one point zero 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 one <laughs> per transaction. And you're fitting five thousand. Is that right? Five thousand transactions per block, roughly. One, three, zero, zero.
0: That sounds about right. It's
1: like yeah, 5,200 5, transactions, yeah. and then times point two point six. Holy so crap!
0: How much it st- cost to fill up a block?
1: Holy crap! There's no way. I've got to have done this math wrong somehow. I punched in something wrong. Let me look at a block real quick. Chain info, because I just used a point zero zero five transaction uh, transaction fee, which I'm
0: sure someone has a good study on this. I'm sure they do.
1: But see, I'd be curious because like with the amount of fees, like what are the, what are the fees? 12.6. I'm going to start only 0.1 in fees. There's only like 0.1, 0.2 bitcoin coming in in fees right now, which fees are like crazy low. So we're talking about like getting up to to like really make a difference to to make bitcoin expensive. You're talking about getting that up to like a whole bitcoin per block. A whole bitcoin per block? That you it would
0: cost per 10 or whatever $6,000 for 10
1: minutes. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, you're trying to, to you're trying to, that's if you're trying to get transactions high, that means that you're trying, you, you kind of need to push things up to what, at least near where the transaction that you're trying to get, the transaction fee that you want to put pressure on. Obviously, you could do a crap ton of really, really low transactions, but you might not get your desired effect.
0: Because it'd have to be enough to incentivize the miners to put it in a block. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll start a, a GoFundMe. If you guys well, want? To what's, <laughs> it, what's
2: interesting about this theory is that there already there already are Bitcoin transactions going into blocks, so you would start off relatively cheap, but as you competed, the longer you compete the more expensive the blocks are going to get. It's not just going to be a fixed scaling cost. You know, it would it would drastically increase as more people wanted to
5: right. transact. It right.
2: would just get, keep getting higher and higher and higher. I think it would start off cheap.
1: Right. It would accelerate pretty quick, I feel like.
0: It would be awesome to just <clears throat> somebody be totally transparent about their motivations and incentives for doing this and document exactly how it happened. Like here's, I wanted to clog the Bitcoin mempool and here's what I did. And just, here's exactly what happened. That'd be great case study.
2: (laughs) I bet you get a bunch of shit coiners to help you too.
0: Yeah, (laughs) this has already been done for sure. It just hasn't been transparent.
1: Yeah, so right now, if you just wanted to like evict everything, all the average transactions from the next block, it would cost 0.26 Bitcoin. That's at 20 bytes, at 20 satoshis per byte transaction. So it costs you a quarter of a Bitcoin to just that's be like, estimate. make them all wait one block. Yeah, that's a good estimate. Steep, bro. That's That's steep. That's not, that's not cheap. You got to have that like, you got to have that free fork money to like keep that up for a long time.
0: Free fork money?
1: Yeah. Those Bcash forks. Bcash and BSV, they just kept forking their shit so that they get free money to to spam Bitcoin with. Fork wars.
0: In like 10 years, there's only going to be, you know, us veterans that talk about the fork wars. (laughs) No one else is going to have any idea what that was.
1: Oh JC's joining us
0: today.
2: I feel like JC's the perfect person to ask this this idea to because he would have the inside scoop on what's going on with the bee cashers out there. He would.
3: What up?
1: What up? Yeah. Bye
3: bye. Hey, I see uh some uh two different versions of um what's his name, Leroy here. Leroy, yeah, it's me. Two different versions. And we got we got two Leroy's. Really? Yeah. I was Leroy originally, but you can have him. What? No! You were Leroy this before was, I did it? Yeah, like during the live podcast days.
0: Dude, I didn't even see
3: no, the way back when.
0: Oh the way back when? Oh. Bail. I actually gotta go, so I'll let I'll let uh, Oh
3: man. What the yeah. hell? we <laughs> <laughs> <you> <laughs> <laughs> like Bitcoin without Satoshi. Right.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> JC showed up. You, you gotta Shit. take my place. So, I'm out. I'm out, guys. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. It's fun. Later, man.
0: Yeah.
3: See ya.
5: Damn, JC scared Steve away. Yeah,
3: Wayne Champ. Wait, are we saying names on this podcast? I guess. I guess so. <laughs> are you in your car? <laughs> huh?
1: Are you in your car?
3: No, I'm trying to plug in a charger or something. All right.
5: Turn on your video, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, what else has been going on?
3: So approachable for quarantine.
5: When was the last
1: time this meetup met up? In real life? Yeah we met we met at the the law firm oh yeah like two weeks ago two weeks ago two Two weeks yeah that was the last time we've been we've been real good about social distancing lately
2: honestly that podcast that we recorded at the office was probably the funniest thing thing that i've ever heard i listened (laughs) to that again the other day i was laughing my ass off so hard about (laughs) it
3: Is this being recorded, or is this just us? It's being
2: recorded. It's been recorded. Just audio but, uh, is going to be shared, though.
3: Yeah. Um, are we saying names? Do we say names?
2: I think people are
3: airing on made-up names. Okay. Well, uh, the other the other Leroy I'm talking to right now. <laughs> uh, are you uh, are you taking appointments uh, still, or are you doing only telephonic appointments? uh i think
2: most businesses are um uh, doing video only video and telephone but if it's something that's like emergency we'll uh, we'll organize to meet in person but uh yeah man being being uh, essential service but not really feeling essential if i'm honest with you yeah cool we we had someone had to go to the hospital um to get some stuff signed for someone that was passing unrelated to this whole COVID shit. But um, yeah, pretty big deal. But people are freaking out about it.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So where we actually like this seems very informal. Like this does not seem like something that it doesn't do for uh, for any reason. Wait, what? Is there a topic? Is there like something we're supposed to be talking about? <laughs> we we're having
2: we're a very talking. in-depth conversation, but then you came on and we we're like, oh my God, JC, what the he hell? Totally you yeah, he totally ruined yeah, we, it. We really wanted to get your your input on uh, uh, how how much it would cost to flood the Bitcoin mempool.
3: Um, I mean, you wouldn't have to do it alone because there are certain, certain transactions that... Uh, do you mean like actually where nobody else can even hit the mempool at all? Or do you mean where nobody, you have to pay a big fee?
1: Where everybody people. would have to pay a big fee. Not Oh, well, that wouldn't be as hard. Like, my back of the napkin math was just like, how, would it, how much would it take to fill up the next block?
3: Well, but the thing is, there are certain, so um, it's going to get expensive pretty quickly because there are certain people that are going to get their payment through no matter what. Like, they're going to pay. Like there's people that will pay $300 if they have to to get their their transaction through. And there's so there's a certain percentage of those transactions that are going to pay whatever they have to pay. And they don't even care. So, um, so it depends on like, is it okay if other people help you fill it up and you just want the fees to be high? Or do you want to like not let anybody get transactions through?
1: We We just want the fees to be super high. That's all we want. Okay. We just want be, to FUD what, Bitcoin. What was the price that you thought that you came up with? Uh, 0.26 Bitcoin per block. That was just to do standard transactions with standard fee right now.
3: If you spent 0.26 block. just yourself, would the, would the rest of the people be enough to make up the difference? Maybe. Because I know in 2017, there were fees uh, even over one Bitcoin sometimes, but uh, the average-ish, and I don't an average out of my out of my ass but i think like 0.4 but that's including you know not just one person that's like everybody collectively trying to get through um so so i don't know how much the hard part is how much would you have to spend and how much would the rest of the people that are going to pay whatever make up the difference
2: so i found this really cool chart um JoHo's bitcoin mempool statistics there appear to have been um just one transaction in the entire history of bitcoin where someone has paid 1400 sats per byte um then it's uh between 1400 and 800 there looks to be about two people or two transactions excuse me that have been about 800 satoshis per byte then it jumps down to 500 for three 400 for six uh, starts getting pretty high pretty quick. 300 uh, Satoshis per byte, about 19 transactions. Uh, 100 Satoshis per byte been about 200. You could probably use this data relatively simply and calculate um, uh, how, how expensive it's been.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the, the claim or whatever that... Um... Uh, the the data point or whatever that like Bitcoin fees got up to fifty dollars is literally based on like one transaction that got shared, and they were like, "Yeah, this uh, transaction is like a spike." $50. No, I have no, not I, seen well, anything.
3: Well, I've had this argument a bunch, and I've had the the numbers shown to me a bunch of times.
1: Uh, the, okay. I've,
3: I've even got a spreadsheet on my computer and my you know from Okay. It. So,
1: uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, there's to like, there you a to time.
3: There was a time when the median
1: fee was like 40 bucks. And that's the median. So But for what size transaction?
3: Oh, cuz these uh, were like
1: giant yeah, batch sure. transactions that I saw and that was it.
3: But 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 it was the median fee of all transactions still, so um Yeah, but know, if you've got like, like
1: five transactions in well, a Well, so block.
3: my point was when I, last time I had this argument, my point was uh well the real question isn't, you know, pick one block and it's $40 to get in that block. I said, pick a 24 hour period. What's the cheapest I could have gotten to a, um, the blockchain in a 24 hour period? Because that's, to me, is more reasonable. Um, you know, because of course there's going to be maybe like one block where it's all ballers in it. But uh, but but can I not like do like the 10 step per bite and still get in within a day? You know, and the answer was, we found about a 48 hour period. A year there was not a single transaction. Um, well, it was hard to find. But uh, I could th- I not want to say not a single transaction, but it was really hard to find a transaction exactly under like eight or ten bucks for two days straight. Uh, and that's, you know, that doesn't matter how much you're batching. You could be a guy trying to send, a, you know, ten bucks or a guy that's like Coinbase or whatever. Well, Coinbase didn't batch back then. But, uh, you know... <laughs> And my thing was, well, I still could have got through. And then, of course, the response is, well, why? Why would somebody have mind you when there were all these other people paying at least 10 bucks? Like, you know, unless you're special. Like, they wouldn't. So, <laughs> but that was just a, sorry about the noise. That was really just a, a two, about a two-day period of time when it was really, really bad. And then it was about a week. Because I bet somebody that uh, there wouldn't be a 24-hour period in all of Bitcoin's history where you couldn't have got in for at least five bucks. And I was wrong. And then I changed it to 10 bucks. And I think I had to go to like 48 hours to a week to start getting reasonable. I think I had to go to a week for the five bucks and 48 hours for
1: like 10 bucks.
3: But that was basically it though. That one window was basically it.
1: Because all, all I remember was that like during that time, like I was watching the charts. I was doing a whole bunch of stuff and I actually did like I wasn't really kind of freaking out about the fact that transaction fees were high and I did a normal transaction with a relatively normal-ish fee. I think I moved like $1,000 for like one buck and it was during all the peak of this.
3: I don't remember exactly the day. It was like December 22nd, I think was the week of the hardest time. Because I don't have the same memory. I have this I remember sending... Uh, what to me felt like a cheap transaction, which I think was like yeah. two or three or four bucks, and in my I mind never had like, a
1: huge problem. I never like like i well, I, I, was, I was in the heat of it like I was like at the peak, everybody's talking about like oh, it's awful awful, awful, and I just did a transaction I waited I bumped a it up a little time. bit for the dollar, which was you know a whole lot more expensive than I had before, and it was just kind of there and I don't maybe know, like, it maybe it wasn't in that particular week, but it was around that week
3: yeah um but i did find I did find some that were abnormally low, but it seemed like they might have been special the problem was i didn't I couldn't find a good enough tool to really um like I couldn't find a tool that would tell me like here's a list of the lowest period um like and if you can find that, I actually was asking in, in your telegram chat at the time if you remember for such a tool, and so I got some suggestions, but none of them had the fidelity I needed where I could like go back in time and see information like what was the very lowest yeah. during this time frame. And then, you know, be able to look at it and say like, make sure it wasn't just like some minor uh, prioritizing like one transaction, the rest of the box, like 10 bucks. And there's like one guy get through for, you know, five cents. That obviously mm-hmm. would not be a normal person. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's, I want to look at it with some better tools and I wish I could like script those tools on my own node. Um, but I can't because I don't have a script. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure somebody could do that and tell us like, um, where what what was the most expensive 24-hour period in all Bitcoin's history? I could probably just look at 2017 and ignore the rest, or maybe quarter one of uh, 2018. But the most expensive period to get a transaction through, no matter this, this you know, just any transaction. I guess sat spikes the best way to measure it, of course. Um, and and I would like to know what that answer would be but also you'd have to kind of you wouldn't be able to do it in just like a a dumb way of like just finding the answer and saying this is the answer you'd have to look at the cheapest answer and then make sure it wasn't like an anomaly of like the only cheap transaction in the block and with a mempool full of expensive transactions you would disqualify all those until you found like one that actually made sense that Mm. was most likely picked fairly out of you know, or I should say, in a capitalist manner. Um, so we're not we're not trying to find like, did any miners give themselves a, you know free transactions during that time? We're trying to find how much it actually would have cost somebody who was willing to wait at the most expensive period of Bitcoin's history, for 24 hours. Uh, what that number would be, I would like to know that. Is anybody listening or watching, or I guess listening? <laughs> um, can you script that, please? Somebody who knows that to script like that seems like that'd be an easy script to just generate a list of um, cheap transactions within a 2 month time frame.
1: I see I see bootstrap working it out right now. Oh, well, well, we had Tim in here. Tim
3: actually probably could do that.
5: Um, Nose goes, dude. Nose ghost. think <laughs> no, in like the end probably. it's all kind of beside
1: the point um even after like being able to i mean i'm obviously like not disagreeing that that tool would be useful um but like fees do have to get high um uh as far as like a per byte fee the question is like how do we pack as much ownership per byte into the chain as possible um because even right now like i just resynced um a node and it took like two and a half days Um that like I was having trouble was like two and a half, three days. And you know, maybe that gets better, but it it's still growing, you know, every day and it's getting increasingly harder to verify. Like even though we've got like a very modest like block size increase, like that is a critical that's like that is the more critical thing, like without a doubt. Like whatever the security we're getting, like it must be paid for or it's not sustainable mm-hmm. um, and eventually this moves over to a fee market so the question is can we have one transaction it's you know 500 bytes or something 512 bytes and happens to have the proof of ownership for 100 people who could individually exit into an aggregate transaction with another 100 people or 200 people or something like that like because I think that's that's where it's going, whether or not that's Lightning or it's state chains or whatever it is. Um but inevitably, you know, Bitcoin does as many transactions as Fedwire, like as the wire system. So inevitably it cannot be uh it it can't work as a <laughs> it just can't work as a payment layer and it needs fees, you know. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah,
3: the, the, the uh, would not be rational, unless you're doing big payments. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I like uh, Giacomo's logic about that. It's, he said it's, it's absolutely fine, you know, if you don't mind to, to, to pay. I mean, um, for a guy that's wanting to send $5 million every 10 minutes or more, like, whatever the fee is, he's not going to care. <laughs> it's it's yeah. fine. It's, it's working great. Um, but for a guy who obviously wants to buy coffee, uh, it's not going to be rational.
1: That's actually one of the things that gives me a lot of hope about Lightning is that it, um, it ends up like kind of the limit of the fees on Lightning are Bitcoin transaction fees. And it actually aligns incentives. Um, for cost to the amount of value being exchanged rather than the amount of data. So like the Bitcoin blockchain is paying you per data. So it doesn't matter if that's a $100 million transaction or if it's a .00001 Bitcoin transaction, you know, it'd be a thousand sats. Um, it doesn't matter which one it is. If it's 250 bytes in both scenarios, you're charging the exact same fee. Whereas Lightning, if you're sending $500, $1,000, you are going to get a higher fee because of the available liquidity than if you're sending a thousandth of a cent. Like somebody might just do that for free and be like, ah, oh, whatever, who cares? Um, it's just topping off the fee for, their, uh, for the reserve of their other channel or something like that. So it actually aligns incentives for the amount of value being transferred so that if Lightning becomes an infrastructure layer, you could end up seeing um, large transactions, like large capital movements that want to happen immediately and possibly privately uh, across borders, uh, funding and acting as a loss leader for a bunch of small retail transactions that are being allowed to go through in the reverse direction because money usually moves one way in you know their their setup or something. So, like I could see the whole use of Lightning being. Large transactions with large value um and then retail payments being as being a loss leader to kind of get a position in like business relationship uh, or a, a position on the network like become like a a place on the network i guess say I don't know but i i like I think it's critical that the alignment with the amount of money being moved and the fee um uh, be Are you talking about
3: basically other? like automatically balancing the channel by giving way lower fee to go the other way that it's that's non-typical?
1: To something that would be like part of yes, exactly what the sort of thing that I was talking about is uh, um, like to send more money requires a higher fee and to send less money um, is a lower fee, whereas that's completely non-existent. Liquidity it's, doesn't matter on Bitcoin.
3: Well, I mean, but it's, you're talking about, I mean, because it is like that already on Lightning.
1: That's what I uh, mean. Are, that's exactly what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. I meaning that's no. a good thing that we need that transition to uh, the fee essentially being attached to the amount, which Bitcoin does not have those incentives right now. It's all about the data being secured, not the not the value.
3: Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about. And the reason I asked that question um in our vr meetup with uh um i forget the name now but um maybe tim remembers but anyway uh dude from lightning labs um but i asked him you know how he saw transactions uh how much do you know expect to see savings of a transaction on chain for getting off chain and i have still i've heard a lot of answers and some good answers but i'm still not Still, not heard like really clear practical answers that I see coming, like you know, in the next year. Uh, and nothing that actually makes sense to me in today's environment that actually makes sense to me from beginning to end that makes me feel like, okay, yeah, this is solved completely. Like at this stage, I feel like it's just, um, just like theories, um, and hope, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think part of the trust model is based on, it's very dependent on how much you're moving. Uh, And I think L2 will help in that because um, that's kind of the problem with the punishment model. Even though the punishment uh, model of a channel is such such a great game theory to get people to not walk backward in time. It's also a problem because if you're holding an HTLC of a payment that's not large enough, like let's say you're holding an HTLC for, you know, 100 sats, but like that's below the dust limit and that adds, you know, 50 bytes to your transaction just for having that HTLC. And 50 bytes cost 1,000 sats to, you know, add to the blockchain. Well, then you're holding a payment that's one tenth. Of what you can actually get it on the blockchain for, um, and in doing so, uh, you're basically trusting the other party to not cheat you for that amount of that amount of money. Um, but with L2, because the new state just replaces the old state rather than putting in the punishment clause, um, I think that I think that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit. Um, Maybe it's possible I may be misunderstanding exactly how L2 does its job, but I know the updating and the amount you're actually sending in data is is very different. So um, I don't know. It, lots of development in that regard. That it? like it'll be really interesting to see how all that unfolds.
3: Did you see Paul Storex? Uh... Sorry, if I just pictured his name. You know, what I'm talking about drive chain guy.
1: Yeah, but Paul, um, Paul Zork, I think, or yeah, Zork or something like that. Um, something
3: like that. It's S-S-Z-T-O-R-C. Uh He um he had a tweet like two maybe three weeks ago, where he was trying to do some math with HLCs, and he was saying that um the amount that you could send trustlessly is actually something like 2.8x the size of a normal transaction because it's not because a lightning HTLC, what he was saying was actually like more than two times bigger than a normal transaction. So he said that if the on-chain fees were thirty bucks, you know, you'd have to, you wouldn't be able to trustlessly send less than a hundred dollars. Um, and even getting close to that, you're already getting into a situation where, like, you're going to have to spend a hundred dollars to get back your hundred and one dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like. Uh, do you really even want to do that? Like trustless, sure, but like, do you want a dollar back? Do you want
1: to spend a hundred to get a dollar back? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the point or or that's the, that's because the lightning transactions are so much bigger. You've got a multi-sig, then you've got an entirely different branch for if something goes wrong. So when you're holding the HTLC, you're holding a lot of data, whereas you want the close of the channel to just be a, an agreed upon multi-sig but that's kind of where the heart of Schnorr and musig lie is that when that comes out all of that will kind of be negated because so it's
3: going to shrink it a lot
1: it, it well it all looks identical so so it's for, basically a normal size it everything's a normal size transaction yeah um so uh luckily that i think is something that will be worked out pretty quick um that 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 will be become a thing of the past at least um that's kind of the current state of lightning Schnorr will be a huge huge change in how all of that works Schnorr l2 musig all the aggregate signature stuff um which obviously in the first run will only be in your transaction your specific transaction but you'll be able to do it across multiple transactions like even when you do an aggregate but that's just kind of a another stage down the road, probably require another hard, I mean, another uh, soft fork.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, (laughs) um, most, I mean, all of the advancement I think that will be important is how do we compress this data? You know, um, is how do we get as much ownership into what 250 bytes can secure? Um, And right now, it's actually a lot of data considering, you know. Um, And, you know, maybe there will be some other blockchain design or something. I I don't know. Um, Everything is such uh, hand-waving and magic wand nonsense that it's going to be... What? Sorry, I had to mute myself for a second. Oh. um, uh, Everything is such, like... Like the problem is that if like some of the if like some altcoin or some other developer group like quote unquote solves it and then like creates their coin, they're gonna have this like huge hurdle mm-hmm. of did they even solve anything because they're just gonna look like they're gonna blend in with all the other crap. <laughs>
3: yeah, and actually, you know, one of the good things about these big blockchains, some of them have, uh, you know, actually a lot of funding and um, well, enough devs are actually doing work. I'm kind of hoping that somebody actually does. Uh, come up with some kind of maybe like super efficient block compression for history or some kind of trustless verification. Ethereum's mm-hmm. actually working on um, some kind of trustless verification thing they're trying to put into ETH too. I don't know how it works and I don't know if it would apply to Bitcoin, but I'm just, you know, I still got my fingers crossed some shit coin actually does a good job creating something that, you know, Bitcoin could
1: use to... That's a stretch. That's a tall order.
3: A t- <laughs> I know. I know. Well, so far, um, I've I've yet to see. Uh, I still think um, Coin Fusion is called uh, the Cash Fusion. Cash Fusion is a Bitcoin Cash coin join privacy tech. I've still yet to see anybody actually
1: Indeed, say that. like
3: this is this is bad and it's not going to work. Like I mean, I saw some people like speculate as to, oh yeah, I don't know that this would work, but nobody actually like said no. This is why it wouldn't work. And I have on the other side seeing people do math that supposedly shows, and I didn't verify the math myself because it's over my head, but they did math that supposedly shows that it would work and they haven't been like contradicted by anybody that, that I've seen. So that kind of, you know, as a, as, a, as a noob like me, who's not a cryptographer and it's not a coder, the way I know, or one of my ways that I can judge like the credibility of something is, first of all, if it's noticeable enough, so this thing is in the, in the public eye, somebody puts out like a proof and then nobody responds at all, to me, that's a good sign. I'm not going to say like, oh, it must be true, but it's a good sign because usually if it's crap, then um, somebody will, you know, write a big thing saying how crap it actually is and how the proof sucks. Yeah, so, that's at least <laughs> a good start. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, that's my my very um, low information way of kind of assigning credibility to that. So, but I mean, it looks good. And I don't know how like much you've looked at it or what you know about it, but... It would essentially,
1: easily. yeah.
3: if it were, uh, let's say, best case scenario, if it accomplishes its vision, uh, what it would do is it would allow by default on several wallets for everybody to automatically, every transaction they make would be a coin join, no matter what the amount of the transaction is. You can't currently do that with something like uh, Samurai or Wasabi because they all have to have the same inputs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big limitation. You can't just use that for normal, everyday spending. Um, whereas with Cash Fusion, you just send however much you're trying to send. If I want to send you six bucks, or if I want to send you twenty three bucks, or whatever, um, it's going into a mix, and it, I'm getting, you know, somebody's getting my twenty three dollars uh, mm-hmm.
1: exactly, and it's all been mixed in the process. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I think has been uh, actually kind of foregone like like kind of discounted as like incredibly valuable is like let's just aggregate transaction let's just try to find a peer-to-peer way uh, and trustless way to aggregate transactions for privacy don't worry about standard amounts don't worry about like just add one layer of uh, obfuscation and plausible deniability to it and then we can add another step later if we need to if we get that first problem sorted. I think as uh, Aaron Van Rydem, uh did an article in Bitcoin Magazine about Cash Fusion. he did like a couple, like four or five privacy articles back and forth. I think that was, Fusion was one of those in the midst. But it's that uh, you don't necessarily need the exact same amounts if you've got enough people doing a bunch of random amounts. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So if you get um, your, your data set large enough and you're basically providing a compression service, well, you get a degree of obfuscation just by default,
3: but that wouldn't necessarily help some guy who wants to spend seven dollars and doesn't want to, you know, spend twenty dollars and get thirteen
1: dollars back. Yeah, no, that wouldn't really do much. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> um, and even you know, so, but but also, I did see uh, what's that thing? Uh, Payjoin. Payjoin was one that Waxman was talking about in a meetup recently that I got to
1: mm-hmm.
3: listen to, and it seemed. Um, pretty interesting. I don't know if you've heard about or read about that.
1: Uh, wasn't Payjoin the one that um, that required two transactions? That one, yeah. that one was really good for privacy, but um, it actually worked because he he originally actually created that one in the context of Lightning, um, and that's where I actually think a lot of those uh, privacy techniques are actually really interesting because lightning already has that the payment itself is already private and it takes it turns from it exchanges blockchain analysis with network analysis so you actually have to be on the network and you have to be kind of watching updates for channel balances and stuff and um you, you have to be like watching for data moving around on the network but that you're actually obscuring up from the network analysis in doing something like a pay join because you are combining transactions. And uh, that, that's also where the they extended that and did the like pay yourself through lightning. So you pay yourself in a loop. Um, so like I send $100 to like, well, all right, here, here we go right here in our little thing. We've got channels. It's like I've got a channel with Jorge. Jorge has a channel with JC and JC has one with Bootstrap and then uh, Bootstrap with ball Bitch and come back to me. I go all the way around this loop with $100 in channel like payments. And I just drop off $20 at Bootstrap on the way and then send $80 back to me. And no one in the network analysis actually sees the amount of the transaction or where it ended up. Everybody participated, but all of their data is wrong about what the actual transaction was. And uh, PayJoin was, that's kind of an extension of PayJoin. PayJoin is that you put two transactions in one, like me and Bootstrap would do transactions at once. Um, Mm -hmm. He would send me one and I would send like the remainder back. But in the loop where I pay myself, I'm basically doing a very similar or almost the same thing. And Jorge and JC have no idea what the amount is. They think it's $100 and they're not sure exactly where it is. A uh, boss bitch thinks it was eighty dollars, and Bootstrap is the only one that ended up with twenty, and I got my eighty back. Um, so there's a lot of lot of use cases for stuff like that, and I think it's even more interesting just in the context of Lightning, because you have the default obfuscation of not having not having your payment recorded indefinitely for the rest of time on the blockchain. Um, you know, which is not good for privacy, despite the pseudonymity to go along with it. <clears throat>
3: they are talking about pay
5: joining. They were talking about pay at Advancing Bitcoin London. We're trying to bring that to BTC Pay, I think.
1: To BTC Pay?
5: Yeah. Oh. They're, they're working on it, I think.
1: Yeah, the idea <coughs> of, like, Again, it's like kind of a micro-aggregation when you're talking about like on-chain is you know get get the um, merchant to rebalance or do a transaction or something at the same time and save fees pay with the merchant um, so that rather than just having one input from you, it's two inputs together and it breaks that whole heuristic of like okay well this is the payment and this is the change and it comes from this one location. Um, so it's kind of like a mini version of the idea of just like aggregate as much data as possible. Um, right. I'm about to go get some more alcohol. Anybody want me to grab them something? You know, <laughs> some water, you know, some snacks. I got some corona. good. You got some Corona. Some Corona. <laughs> some rona. Let me get some Rona up in here. So of Rony. The only thing Roni. You in the store. Anybody buy that stuff? I'm about to head out. you about to head out? Yeah. Man, it's 845. So it's, we should probably, I should probably do that too, actually. I got it's work to do. good catching up. Yeah, man. I'm glad you joined us. Yeah, for sure. JC too. He's never around anymore. Sorry, I didn't know I'd be trading for
3: Steve. I would have I
1: not. Leroy <laughs> really bailed on us.
3: My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Until next right. time yeah yeah i guess we'll close it up thanks for joining us guys this is raleigh bitcoin meetup podcast Peace. easy guys later everybody boss bitch injured catch y'all later man